Pastor Joe. And I'm Kirsten. We've served in church leadership for over two decades. And most of that, we've been on staff together. We're here to talk about our faith, family, and ministry. Welcome to Under the Hood. How was surgery? Tough. You made it. I survived. You're a survivor. For our weekly listeners, then you know that we were not doing podcasts last week. So we had a week off, but we had yeah, good reason. We had good reason for that. It yep. was a rough, rough week last week. I have to admit, last week was one of the rougher weeks we have had. It was not our best. We were not at our best. Oh, man. It was, it was, it was complicated. It was our son's birthday last weekend, and we had a great birthday, but then Monday came. Sunday was awesome. And Monday was like the Monday of all Mondays. Well, Monday morning, it started out, we had that ice that ice storm that kind of came in, or that some ice, and so school I'm supposed- School got canceled. School got canceled. Our kid's Brock, driver's test got canceled. Brock, yes, that's right. He did not get to take his driver's test, and- I had to go in for surgery, which got delayed. I had to have We're knee surgery. We're just grateful it didn't get canceled. Yeah, so I had knee surgery, and uh, not a super major surgery, but the, just repair, work on some torn meniscus in my right knee. And I've never had surgery before, so I really didn't know what to expect. I honestly thought, a couple days, I'll be back in action. I never in my wildest dreams did I think that I was not going to be able to preach mm-hmm. on the following Sunday. But um, And Monday, the surgery went fine. Um Kirsten picked me up from from the surgery center. Yeah, I was only there what less than four hours from start yeah, to finish. Not even. So what it was it was not. I didn't have to stay in the hospital or anything. But so she's picking me up. I picked you up and you looked mad. <laughs> I was like, uh-oh. I don't think happened? I've ever even been under general anesthesia before. That's the first time I've ever been out for anything. So I pick him up. I'm like, you okay, man? <laughs> and he just kind of gives me this. I don't remember a lot of this, by the way. He was very angry look. And Joe's not like that normally. So I was like, whoa, this is weird. And he gets in the car and he's just kind of, I could tell you were out of it. So I was like, okay, he's just coming out of it. Well, then you start crying. (laughs) Hey. You did. I don't think I cried. You got really emotional. And I was like, what's wrong? Like, I'd not seen you that way. It was it kind of took me back. I was well, like, I think I've learned what, it's what not happened in there. It's <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what in the world? And you pulled yourself together. And I think you were just, first of all, coming out of the anesthesia and you were just overwhelmed with what had happened over the last three hours. Like you literally fell asleep and you woke up and I know you were like, I don't know how I got my pants on. Yeah. <laughs> we got halfway That's home. That's not why he got so emotional. So I don't remember getting all emotional like that. Pe- I don't know why. I, I, I have, don't know who put my pants on. I have learned that people come out of anesthesia after being under under for a little bit, and they have different responses to it. I guess I was a little emotional. Like, I don't know, but it didn't last yeah. long, right? No, and you were fine. By the time we got home, we actually, I think, stopped like to get some medicine or something. And yeah, we had to get time, my scripts. By the time we had even driven 20 or 30 minutes, you were already like way more who you are. I remember waking up from the surgery and they pretty much were like, okay, everything went fine. It's time for you to, your wife's outside, time for you to go home. And I'm like, oh, 
Well, so what I remember is they wheeled me into the surgery surgery room, and I'm just chatting away. I'm being me. I'm chatting away with the 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 people in there. And you're more chatty when you're yeah. Nervous. And they they said, okay, we're going to give you a little medicine here. And uh, you're probably going to feel this kind of go through your body. And this is to help relax you. And next thing I know, it's like all done. <laughs> I was like, I don't think that relaxed me. I think that knocked me out. I have no memory of anything that happened. So we're, we're halfway home and the thought did hit me. And I remember telling Kirsten about it. It's like, I have no memory of how my pants got back on. None. And my, who put my pants on? What's I don't know. What's funny is that when they called me to say, we're, we're ready for you to pick them up. Because just so you know, I'm not that kind of wife. I was going to be back there with them, but they wouldn't let us. This is true. So they they said, there's, Pretty strict. there's nowhere for you to go. You might as well just drop them off. We don't allow patients to have significant others with them in the back or in recovery. So I was like, well, okay. Pre-op or post-op, no. So um, that's why I wasn't with them. But um, it was just, it was one of those things they called me to say, okay, come get them. And then I heard him going, Joe, no. (laughs) I was like, I think he's getting combative with the nurses. I don't remember any of that. I think really all it was is you were like trying to get up or something and they were like trying to tell you, no, you need to stay down, like stay laying in bed. Yeah. Like, I don't remember. All, all I know. Joe, is- no. I'm like, oh, he's getting treated like a three year old. <laughs> <laughs> so just like every other day, but no, but I, that was a weird feeling of that dawning on me. Like I, I've never once in my life, not didn't know how my pants got put on. So that was just weird. That was weird. Now, what's funny is I do remember the nurse helping me get my shoes on, but my pants were already on and I'm halfway home just going, I, I had my pants get put on and that's a first for me. I can tell you a first in my life. I always know how my <laughs> pants got put on, except for that one day in my life. Come there out. you go. Obviously, they put them on. And then you felt good. Like your leg felt good. Your knee felt good. It felt real good. I thought this was going to be super easy and... Um, um, actually was able to put some weight on it and move around. And Tuesday must have still had some of the painkillers in my system because Tuesday I went back to my office at my house and I worked for a number of hours. That was a mistake because I was in a seated position and I should have had my leg elevated. And I think that right there had set me back a few days and my leg swelled all up and, and I didn't get any sleep that Tuesday night and Wednesday morning. And, mm. and, and I don't think I've ever been in that much pain before on Wednesday and Thursday. And that's when I decided there's no way I can preach. There's just no way I can, if this is how I'm going to be for the next couple of days, there's no way. So I was thankful Jason French came down mm-hmm. from Joplin and preached and did a great job. And, and, um, now the swelling's going down. I'm not healed by any means. I'm hobbling around. I'm still dealing with some discomfort, but I think a lot of it's just the swelling. Well, and so we had said that the week was complicated and it wasn't just from that. It no. got complicated, because then Monday night I got sick. Yeah, so I'm laid up, and then you got super sick, as sick as I've seen you in years. So you literally, he I, was ready for me to wait on a man. I play. needed some pampering, <laughs> and it did not happen. We were a pitiful pair. I mean, it's for an entire week, we just laid there. And uh, thankfully, there is a sweet family in our church who had said, hey, I want to bring you dinner Monday night. And had she not, we would have starved the rest of the week. Well, I would not have starved. I'd, I would have crawled. <laughs> I would have, I would have fig- Listen, I can use a phone. Domino's? She, she brought us dinner. It was awesome. She brought us a feast, really. 
And that ended up, we ended up eating on that all week long. Yeah. And it was awesome. We, we, and they weren't the only ones. No. And I got calls and texts from people. What do you need? This and that. We're going to talk about that a little bit more in the next segment, but um, it was awesome. Yeah. It was, so it was an interesting week to say the least. So I ended up going to the doctor Friday, but it was just, it was not what you had hoped for. So all that to say, we did not have a podcast last week and uh, I'm not even sure that podcast. What would we have talked about last week? Life is terrible. <laughs> I couldn't have talked. No, I you were a mess. Such a dry and dry throat and bad cough. And I had a fever, so there was just no way, but we're better now. We're on the mend. Um, and um, life seems to be getting back to normal. So we were just talking about how last week was pretty rough for us, but there were some friends of ours and that really stepped up and blessed us. And, and we kind of want to talk about that for a minute because for us, um, you know, as the pastor and pastor's wife, oftentimes um, we find ourselves um, on one side of the conversation is like, you know, um, we're kind of in not to pat ourselves on the back, but we spend a lot of time in service mode of like, you know, what can we do for you? How can we, whatever. And we don't tend to think of ourselves as being on the recipient mode, recipient end very much. And last week for us, um, in the midst of just struggle and, and not being comfortable and Kirsten being sick and just not everything, not working like normal, we were on the receiving end of incredible compassion, generosity, um, and, and literally it was like, this is how it's supposed to work. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. The, isn't this, isn't this how it's supposed to work? Um, people in our life group loved on us and cared for us. I was getting text messages and phone calls, encouragement, man. I got a ton of encouraging text messages. Like, Hey, we're praying for you. Hey, we missed you today. Hey, we know, um, Every one of those things meant the world to me. Hey, I'd get text messages. What do you need? What can we bring you? Um, um, Kirsten already mentioned, you know, some meals. They that wasn't the only family that brought mm-hmm. us meals, and just the just the generosity. And I'm like, this is this is how it's supposed to be. And I, and what Kirsten and I experienced last week, and I don't know, I'm the pastor of the church, and and it's a little, you know, as the as the leader of the church. Um, you know, I think people look for opportunities to love on us and care for us. And I, but I would love it if what I experienced, what Kirsten experienced last week was churchwide, you know, and I do believe it can be, mm-hmm. it absolutely can be. And it should be one of the reasons why we challenge people so much to be in a life group and how we have this vision that everybody in our church in a life group and how we're working every day to see if that can become a reality is because when you're in a life group and you are, are, uh, you know, our, we have a large church here, but you're in a smaller group of people and 8, 10, 12, 14 people, and they're more invested in what you're going through in your life, your needs, praying for you. And that right there, we describe as the first line of care in our church family. So when we find out, when we hear about needs in our church family, one of the first questions we ask is, what life group are you in? Mm-hmm. And because that's the expectation, your life group is the first ones up to the plate to meet that need. And sometimes the needs are greater than what life groups can do. But, um, but for us, 
being on the receiving end of compassion, generosity, um, um, uh, prayers, all of those things made a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and so such I, an encouragement, big time encouragement. I mean, overwhelming encouragement. I mean, well, and they 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 probably didn't even realize it because we didn't even know that the first meal we got. I easily could have made you dinner, you know, Monday and, and taking care of, you know, the needs that we had, but I didn't know I was going to turn around and get sick. And so our needs had gotten met before we even realized they needed to be met. And mm-hmm. we're like, thank goodness <laughs> that we had this ginormous pan of enchiladas because there was no way that I could have pulled something like that together, cheese dip and cheesy rice and all kinds of stuff. So it was just one of those things that it was just a huge blessing that we needed that we didn't know we needed. Yeah. So I just, I sat back and was like, this is, this is the church being the church. And, and, um, it made me even more clearly understand what that means to somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, Kier's and I, you and I have made meals for people. We've, we've done, our life groups made meals. We've done all kinds of stuff over the years. We've done everything we know how to do to help, you know, but I, I was like, this is the first time in a long time that I can remember that I was on the receiving end of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, so this is what this feels like. I always, I mean, I always knew it was mm-hmm. important, but I feel like I have a new appreciation for just how valuable having people around you that can come along. It's like, I, I'm here to take care, take care of you. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, Philippians uh, chapter two is probably the scripture that kind of kept resonating in my, my mind about kind of what we received. And it just says, just the Apostle Paul just says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one in mind, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, value others above yourself. Uh, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. And then he says in the very next verse, verse five, in your relationship with one another, have the same mind of Christ, who being the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God somebody to be grasped with his own advantage, rather being ma- himself made nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, uh, being made in human likeness. It just goes on to talk about how Christ, mm-hmm. you know, he he came as a servant. He came and, and all that he did. But that whole part about the beginning part of like, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather value others above yourself. Um, not looking at your own interest, but the interest of others that I felt like last week, there was a lot of folks that looked to our interest above their own. Mm-hmm. And I thought this is the church being the church. Mm-hmm. And if I could bottle that up and distribute that out through the whole church family, I would. And so maybe this is my way of just, talking about it and mm-hmm. just saying this was an amazing experience. So, um, anyway, it, it was, it was, it, the church ministered to us a lot. That's, oh, yeah. that's kind of what I'm trying to communicate. And I'd love to see that replicated. In small ways and big ways. And I think someone had said last week, someone else I was talking to before I got sick that you can't really turn around and be a blessing to someone if you're not receiving a blessing too. Like you have to understand 
how to receive a blessing once in a while. And not everybody is comfortable with that. Sometimes they're like, oh, I don't know. I don't need that. It's okay. I just, I want to turn around and do it for you. I don't want to receive. And so it is, it is different on the receiving end when you're like, well, man, you look back and like, thank you. Cause I, I didn't realize I needed that. Yeah. Well, I struggle with that. The deserving part. Like, oh, no, no, we're, we're well taken care of. We, mm-hmm. you know, I don't deserve all this, but, but, um, it's re- it's really, it was really something. So for some reason last week, I had no problem asking them like, Hey, can you take <laughs> my kid to school? I can't get out of bed. <laughs> oh man. There, there's a family that has run our kid around all week long. And I, you know, cause he was supposed to have his driver's license, but that didn't happen. So, I mean, it's stuff like that. It's people's generosity. It's encouragement. It's a kind word. It's a text message. It's a meal. It's. It's, it's just all that stuff. And so I guess what I'm saying is that um, this has been an example to me, an encouragement to me of, and a practical application of what the church, the power of the church, the power of the church family. I can't think of another organization in the world that has the ability to care like the church can care. Mm-hmm. I can't think of another, another setting that brings about together and puts people in such close proximity that in any other circumstance would never know each other outside of the church. Then how how do you take all that and and funnel that compassion and care? Mm-hmm. And that's why I come back to life groups. Life, life groups. So I'd encourage you if you if you're not in a life group today, um, let get us help you. One. Let us help you get in a life group. So I was, I was just talking to Pastor Cody the other day. I think maybe the first time ever we actually have life group leaders, but we don't have people to put them in the groups yet. Wow. So um, no, we have people to put them in the groups. But we actually are in some way starting to get in front of the, the ball a little bit where it's always been catch up for years. It's like we always have more people. We don't have life groups. Now, just because we have the leaders doesn't mean that we always have the host families. Doesn't mean we always have it's it's the right night of the week. You know, there's a lot of factors that go into it. But I was really encouraged to hear that we have three or four life groups that we're ready to launch as soon as we can put people in them. And so maybe if you're listening to this, you're like, I want to be in a life group, man, we want to talk to you. And, and what I would encourage you go online and look at our life group opportunities, um, email pastor Cody, Tell them you'd like to be in one host one. And and we're still always looking for leaders. But a life I, group is just a small group of people who yeah. meet together regularly to pray, fellowship, study God's word, yep. serve each other. We provide a study guide every week that's connected to the sermon. And so they take that study guide with them in life group. And they haven't, they, they, they further explore um, what that topic is or that text. And, and, um, and I will say this, and I, I, and I will back this up with lot. I can bring lots of people to back this up that those people that are in life groups um, feel much more connected to the church family than those that don't. Mm-hmm. And they feel more cared for than those that aren't in a life group. And I would say this, that, that a church is just a church that you attend until you start building relationships and then it becomes a family once you have those start those relationships so these life groups absolutely help form those kind of relationships and friendships that that make this more than just a church you attend on Sundays it's a family you belong to so all that to say i just wanted to make sure people knew that i was yeah. deeply loved and appreciated last week when i was at a little bit of a low moment and you were down on your back and and, well, and uh, it's nice because some of these people weren't in our life group they just were there to take care of us and and love on us and it really meant a lot. Even someone just dropping off a meal with Brock um, as he was coming in the house and had some meals and said, here, 
here's some food in case you're hungry. I wasn't eating much, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but then, you know, it's funny because a couple of the families had said, well, when we listen to your podcast, we know that Joe doesn't like fruit. So we didn't <laughs> put fruit in this. And so I'm like, man, you guys remember everything. Well, everybody that, that cared for us over the last few days is connected to our church family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We would not know them outside okay. of this church family. Mm-hmm. And I come back to that Philippians 2 passage. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, in other words, there's encouragement from become, being a Christian. If any comfort from his love, any, any, you know, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion to make my joy complete, being like-minded, having the same love. Well, that same love of Christ who stepped out of heaven and he became a servant, that's kind of what, that is exactly what he's telling us to do. Um, you know, Jesus said, they'll know you're my disciples by how you love one. If you love one another, you know, that it truly is what that is. Mm-hmm. And then, um, it talks about, you know, having the same kind of love, the same spirit, same mind as Christ do nothing out of selfish ambition, um, or vain conceit. I'm telling you, it's just the reason why any of this makes sense is because we have a shared unity of our love for Christ. Right. And that's really at the heart of it. I mean, it's, it's having the same kind of mind of Christ serving one another. Christ by very nature was a servant. He didn't come here to be served, but to serve. And I don't know, there's just this passage in Philippians two has been resonating with me over the last week. And so I guess my encouragement to everybody is get in a life group, build these kind of relationships. And uh, this has been a real, so that when you have knee surgery, so when you have knee surgery, <laughs> people bring you amazing. No, I'm a, but really, to love on you and care for you that at the heart of it, it is. that Christians should be doing that for one another. And I'm even more dedicated than ever to trying to figure out how new life can be the best at that of any church around. How about those chiefs? <laughs> you knew we were going to talk about it. I know. I, I've, I'm so happy. It's an exciting season. I will say. Avid, if you're an avid Chiefs fan, you know we're we're watching history being made right in front of us. And it's I'll be honest, they played during Brock's birthday, like the day of his birthday, and I was nervous because Brock Brock can get pretty upset if his Chiefs lose. And I was like, <laughs> it's his birthday, and I really just hope that they win. And I could not have been any happier for him it for you both of you well you know the playoffs you know the, for those of you that maybe don't follow this the chiefs are not they did not have a great season by chief standards right this has been statistically patrick mahomes worst year our receivers dropped a lot of passes and i'm like this did not feel like a team going to the super bowl um and then in the playoffs we had to go on the road we had the dolphins which was you know no small thing because they're good, but they came to Arrowhead and we whooped them first round of the playoffs. And then we had to play the Bills. And I can't stand playing the Bills because they're so stinking Sorry good. Sorry to all you Bills fans. But we beat the Bills at their place. And then last mm-hmm. week we had to play the Ravens, which Ravens. the Ravens were predicted to win the Super Bowl. And if you listen to all the... They were very much favored in that game. If you listen to all the analysts, they were saying there's no way the Chiefs can win. Everybody picked the Ravens and that... And like, to play them in their home stadium. Yeah. And they were talking like the Ravens were the perfect team this year. No one better. And, and to see the Chiefs dismantle them, it was 
amazing. And that final play, when it was like third and three or whatever we needed, it was the clock was ticking down to the two minute warning, and uh, and Patrick Mahomes stepped back and he launched that bomb. And I'm like, what are you doing? We just need three yards. What are you doing? <laughs> and MVS catches it. And MVS has had a lot of drop passes this year. He's our highest paid wide receiver, but he caught that ball. If I could have jumped up and down, I didn't. I couldn't because of my saying. knee. I would have been jumping and cheering. It was pretty exciting. And so um, this is their f- their uh, fourth trip to the Super Bowl in five years. I mean, we're talking dynasty. Yeah. And Patrick Mahomes is now in the conversation of the greatest quarterback ever. And he's so young still. So if they win the Super Bowl, he'll have three Super Bowl rings. And because um, he lost one. So he's won two Super Bowls and he lost one. Yeah. And so he lost to Tom Brady. So if you're going to lose the Super Bowl, you might as well lose it to Tom Brady, the GOAT. And then, so now we're going back. And I think. And I think Taylor Swift is going to be at the Super Bowl this year. For all you haters out there, <laughs> I'm happy that Travis Kelsey is happy with her. What? Okay. Let's get back to the game. All right. <laughs> Because that's really why some people watch the so Chiefs now. I'm looking forward to Super, Super Bowl weekend at New Life is always fun. It's going to be. I always be have fun. a. I always have a good time with it. Yeah. And so. I think there's going to be some giveaways this year. Oh, shocker! Every every time the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl, is we have Pastor, some fun. Pastor Mahomes going to make a comeback. Pastor Mahomes might be here. I don't know. <laughs> that wig is kind of getting a little ratty. Well, you might have to pick up. I a may new have one. to find a new Patrick Mahomes wig. Yeah. I thought about coming out. And look and dressed up more like Andy Reid this year. I, I'm, I'm more his body you, you type are these days. More of an Andy Reid kind of a guy. <laughs> You'd have to dye your mustache. Well, he doesn't have a beard. I know, but the body types are similar. <laughs> you put icicles on your mustache, like the one <laughs> from gross. a couple weeks ago. That was gross. <laughs> like halftime, the reporters like, and yes, he is aware of the icicles on his mustache. <laughs> That's so anyway, we're a happy family, and it looks like we're going to be playing the Niners, and so it's a rematch of, of Mahomes' first Super Bowl win, and I know there's folks in our church that are diehard Niners fans. We have a diehard Niners fan in our life group, so it should be an interesting, an interesting go. So anyway, I am a happy man because the Chiefs are winning. And if they can just win the Super Bowl for you, and Brock. Yes. That'll be fun. It will be fun. Can't wait. So um, if if you're ever wondering what I'm going to be doing on Sunday night of the Super Bowl, I'm going to be decked out in my Chiefs gear and cheering. Maybe you can jump by then. Oh, I hope I can jump by then. That would be nice. Don't hurt yourself. We don't need another surgery. (laughs) (laughs) What happened to your left knee? Ah, Chiefs won. Oh. That's all for today's show. We want to thank our amazing producer, Abby O'Brien. Be sure to check out our show notes and the links for things that we talked about today. And don't forget to subscribe. Thanks for joining us on Under Under the the Hood. Hood. Not a car show.